guys, I'm Danny, and thanks for tuning in to The Grown Up Hustle. This podcast is based on real people sharing all their different journeys as they navigate this crazy ride called adulting. From coffee o'clock to wine o'clock and all that happens in between, we're here to openly discuss how we're all just really hustling our way through life. So if you're ready for the highs, the lows, and a whole lot of real talk, then stay tuned because we've got you covered. Hey guys, welcome back. Another week, another show. How are you all going? Um, I'm actually recording this intro. It is Sunday right now. Um, I generally don't record my intros until the day before the show, so I can let you guys know what I've been up to all week. But I am actually going in for last minute surgery tomorrow, which completely sucks. Um, was so dropped on me last minute. So it's all been a bit go, go, go. And I thought I might be feeling a little bit ropey or completely high on pain meds. Who knows? So I thought, you know what, let's record on Sunday just in case. So that's been my week. Um, I have been stuck in the house since Friday, self-isolating, ready for the surgery tomorrow. So it's just been absolutely manic trying to get everything in, fit all my chores in. It's almost like as soon as they tell you, you've got to stay home, you're on like a mad panic. And I also know that I'm going to have to stay home for a little bit after the surgery as well. So yeah, just been trying to cram everything in. Um, What else has been happening? I'm sad to see the sun's gone. You all know how much of a big sunshine fan I am. So yeah, totally sad to see that the sun has now departed the UK and I don't know if it will return or not this year. I'm really hoping it does though. Apart from that, there's not that much for me to really report to be honest. So I will get on with what's going on for the topic of this week's show. So this week I'm joined by um, a dear friend of mine, Lena Reagan. She's a relationship coach and we are openly discussing dating and relationships and kind of increasing your self-worth whilst dating. So Lena and I have both got quite, I would say, old school views on relationships and dating Granted, it's not for everyone, but confirmation bias and all that, I don't think that there's any right or wrong way to do a relationship. This is just us discussing our viewpoints. But we do talk a lot about attracting the wrong type of men, um, attracting guys that, you know, just wanted to have sex and sort of trying to learn to stop seeking external validation from men. Uh, Lena does a lot of coaching to help people do the self-work and the healing that's going to help people to learn to set their boundaries and just become whole and happy uh, before they enter into a relationship. So we cover a lot of different stuff. It's a really friendly chat as always. Lena makes some great points. I hope I do too. And I hope you guys enjoy this week's show. So on that note, let's get Lena on. So hey, Lena, welcome to the show today. How are you going? Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. So I've known Lena for, oh God, I don't know, probably like eight years now, do you think? Yeah. A bit longer. Nine. Uh, Nine, yeah. Lena knows that every song in the world these are my this is like my one thing that like if I never spoke to Lena again, I would always remember that girl, that crazy girl that knows the lyrics to every song, every rap, and she will insist on singing or rapping them to you, regardless of whether you want her to or not. Oh my god, I love that. What an introduction. Is, Me like, in a nutshell. Yeah. Literally, that is you. Like I just have these like visions from like nights out of you just like rapping and singing all the songs. It, not even drunk, like just stone cold sober, just living your best life. I fucking love it. My thing. Love the rapping. So I've got you on today to talk about self-worth. You are a relationship coach. You've got your own podcast called The Love Theory. And you run digital courses for women, teaching them how to kind of increase their sense of self-worth. So do you want to give Mm -hmm. us a bit of a background on yourself? Like what made you decide to become a relationship coach? What was the passion that drove you to want to make that change? Yeah, so um, I call myself a coach for single women or soulmate manifestation coach. I do change between the terms. But yeah, I am actually a certified relationship coach. But 
what really got me into this was that back in the day, like in my early 20s, I had such issues with men. I attracted men that only wanted to sleep with me. No one wanted to put in any effort. And I just kept attracting these just the wrong men the wrong men they did not give a fuck about me at all and it was really frustrating because at the age of 24 I'd still never been in a relationship not even close to being in a relationship and I used to seek external validation from men I would sleep with guys really quickly like the same day I met them or on the first date and that was my way you know seeking validation through external sources, mainly through men. But then the next day, if I wouldn't hear from them again, or if I noticed that they only wanted to have sex and that was it, then that made me feel even worse than I felt in the first place. So it was like a vicious cycle. And then one night, um, I used to drink myself to a blackout state um, most times when I went out just to numb like everything like how I felt about myself and stuff like that and one night I uh, woke up or like one morning actually I woke up in a hotel room next to a man that I wouldn't even touch with a stick like completely not my type like would never have happened like I I was just like what the fuck and that was a real wake-up call for me luckily nothing had happened but it really scared me and at that point I had two choices either to continue this self-destructive behavior or choose to you know work on myself and and heal the parts of me that that was driving this behavior so I started to see a healer and working on you know loving myself and my self-worth and I only did like two sessions with him and then the rest of the work that I was doing was just what came intuitively but during that time my intuition or like the universe said to me how could you ever manifest your soulmate if all you think about and say is how awful men are because my constant you know thought pattern and my the language that I was using to talk about men was like men are assholes men are liars men are cheaters they don't put in any effort they just want sex and I was just attracting that because that was what I was focusing on that was what my beliefs were so that was what my reality was a lot of social media as well so you know you're constantly it's it's jokes and it's memes but it's non-stop about how shit men are and it's like exactly exhausting because like you said they're not all shit but when you're thinking it you're seeing it you're reading it and those external like factors are influencing you maybe subconsciously as well it's just like fueling the fire yeah and then there's all these women's groups on Facebook where they all talk about this guy did this and what do I do and this guy did that and this guy's an asshole and that's all like you keep hearing then now all these like accounts on TikTok as well we're surrounded by there's so much of that and people don't understand how detrimental that is Mm -hmm. and how much that actually affects you so that's when I started to work on my beliefs and replacing my limiting beliefs with beliefs that were more serving so you know, anywhere I go, I meet amazing men. And I really started to like work and heal myself on a deep level, um, doing inner child work and stuff like that. And then just a few months after that, I manifested my relationship. And it was so crazy, because I really went from like zero to 100. There wasn't much of a gradual progress. It was very much like a huge jump from the kind of guys I was seeing to the man that I had met. And, you know, before doing, you know, the inner work and really working on myself, I didn't feel comfortable receiving so I would be really awkward on dates especially like when it came to the bill a lot of the guys I went out with even you know wanted me like pretend that they lost their 
uh, forgot their wallet. So I had to pay. And there was just like no chivalry. There was no, like, I never felt like taken care of. I never felt that someone wanted to put in an effort for me or like to spoil me or anything. And then I was seeing two other guys that were actually more putting more effort in and like paying for the dates and whatever. And then I met my well then partner that's now we're not together anymore. And with him, it was like completely different. Like he really made me feel so special and really treated me well, flew me first class. We visited 11 countries in the first six months. So it was really like a fairy tale, like, like nothing I had ever experienced, especially considering like the contrast of the guys I had previously. So it really showed me how far you can go and how much things can change in your life when you start working on your mindset, your beliefs, your sense of self-worth, loving yourself, boundaries, you know, owning who you are and stuff like that. So then that was what made me start the love theory because I thought if that's where I went from, if that's how my life was, and I did all of these things and now it got me to hear then there's so many women that I can help through this journey that I recognize my younger self in. You know, you make the point about people not paying the bill. And for some men, some women listening to this, I, I know that it, it's one of those topics that people do get quite heated about. For me, I'm with yeah. you. Like, if you, this is kind of my opinion. If you invite me on a date, you invited me on the date, you pay the bill. If I invite you Absolutely. on a date, it would be different. But if I did, <laughs> then I would fully excited say, well, I invited you out the same way, like, fuck, if you came to my house for dinner, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, I've invited you for dinner, but you can go and buy a takeout, you know? Like, so for me, that's Absolutely. quite a big thing. But I think that there's this like quite heated debate and women are so, I guess there's, there's so many like quote unquote feminist women out there that it kind of gets lost. And they're like, well, you know, if a guy's paying the bill, then, you know, that can, you're not a good feminist. Well, no, it's just etiquette. It's manners it's like you said it's yeah. and we're so quick to complain as a generation about men not being chivalrous but yet we're fighting them every turn for our like uber feminist powers and I don't know maybe I'll lose a lot of <laughs> a lot of listeners with these opinions but you know they are my opinions you can't yeah fighting to be a feminist and then crack the shits when the guy is like, okay, well, you deal with the shit then. Because, you know, like, I feel like the whole message of feminism is almost being lost. Absolutely. And this is something that drives me absolutely insane. Like, I love this debate and I am with you 100%. And I feel like there's nothing equal about, like, the society is run in a way that always benefits men like women we have a 28 day cycle men have a 24 hour cycle like in their like of the hormones and stuff yeah. so we're already living according to you know the male cycle there's so much in today's society that is like we don't have the upper hand so if a man's not even paying for the date or you know providing then he's putting us in a worse position than we were before so to me it's just like we all deserve to get paid equally for the same jobs but factually we don't there is a pay no we don't men and women so yeah <laughs> you know you exactly like that and you go like my husband is the main earner in our household a hundred times over and yeah. I'm fully aware that he is a very solid financial provider for us. So that's mm -hmm. what he brings. But I have my own qualities that I bring to the relationship that he can't provide. So Absolutely. You know, I don't think that I'm being a poor feminist by creating a beautiful home. I don't think I'm being a poor feminist by cooking a lovely dinner and having it on the table when he comes home every night, because these are my roles in the relationship. These are the things that I bring. And in return, he does bring that stability and that strong foundation for our lives because he yeah, is me. Exactly. And 
that's, you know, that's exactly what I love. Like, that's what I want as well. I think it's so important to have that polarity. I want the man to be masculine, to be the provider and the protector. And I feel like people keep forgetting that we have so much more to offer than just money. Like, it's not all about money. I I have more to offer than that. I don't have to, like you said, there's so many things we can provide that, you know, that are just as valuable. It's just not money. Yeah. So it really frustrates me when people get frustrated and, you know, this whole debate, like I've met um, women who insist on paying, like they do not want the man to pay. Like in Sweden, where I'm from originally, this has taken you know, they have taken feminism to a whole different level (laughs) where everything is just like, when I'm, when I'm there, like people, men don't even open the door for me. Um, Men, like it's only foreign men that ask me if I want help with my suitcase. So it's just very sad to see. And I love chivalry. I value chivalry. I think I love, you know, being feminine and I can only surrender to my femininity if the man can step up to his masculine role and that is very important in relationships to have that polarity because otherwise it kind of kills the um, sexual attraction eventually but it's very subtle do you think that that is something that follows suit through all relationships then that when a woman is possibly not allowing the man to be masculine, it, it, it is going to naturally have a knock-on effect with your sex life. Absolutely. Because if you think about it, like, you know, two magnets, if you put the same ends together, they don't, like, they repel each other. So if you have a man who's in his masculine energy, but you as a woman are also in your masculine then there's not really any polarity. But if you are with a man who's masculine and you're a woman that's in your feminine and you allow the man to lead, you allow the man to provide, men are give or like masculine, the masculine energy is the giver. The feminine energy is the receiver. So it's a gift. Receiving with appreciation is actually a gift. I do firmly believe, you know, in there being kind of between any sort of couple, there is a constant pull, I think, for power. That's a big thing for me, even if you are being feminine. And I think a lot of women think that by by bringing that feminine energy to the relationship, they're losing the power or control. And that's not, well, for me, and I think for you as well, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying, oh, dull, dull your sparkle and be like the little damsel in distress, but it's just allowing the man to be a man. And I mean, some relationships, yeah, maybe the part that the male partner brings more of a feminine energy and the female brings more of a masculine energy and great works for you. Great. Go for it. Live your best Mm -hmm. life. I mean, for me personally, that's, that's not my vibe. That's not your vibe either, which is why we, we share these sort of opinions but I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. But I think that it's about finding that balance within within a, a partnership. Absolutely. And I think exactly what you're saying, like people mistake femininity for being quiet and not speaking up. It's not about that at all. Because um, you don't want a man that's controlling. So a man leading does not mean a man who controls you. They're they're two very different things. So to me, a man who wants to be controlling, that is an absolute deal breaker. Like that, you just because you're providing for someone, it doesn't mean that you need to be in control of them or you use that as a power, as a way to control the person. Well, it's just an unhealthy relationship, full stop. If there's any control or yeah. in a relationship, that needs to be nipped in the bud. So do you want to give us a bit of a breakdown then when looking for a partner, kind of what the core fundamentals would be advice-wise as a relationship coach? Sure. So what's really important is chemistry. So feeling, you know, lust and that sexual attraction to someone or to each other. 
And then there's compatibility. So um, values that align, goals that align, same, you know, vision for the future. Like, do you want to have kids? Do you not want to have kids? Where do you want to live in the world? All of those things are very important. And then also communication is also really important. So being able to communicate with each other. And it's really interesting because with some people, there's just constant miscommunication, no matter how clear you are. And I actually experienced this last week. I was going to go on a date with the guy and we've met once and we're going to go on our like official first date. But even between those two weeks that we initially met and that we're going to go on a date, there was so much miscommunication and the communication was just such a struggle that it just, it doesn't work. It really doesn't. Um, so these three are very important. I think people overlook a lot of, uh, I'm going to say red flags at the start of a relationship. That's a really big thing. And you talk about that a lot on your shows saying, you know, you can't, if you just accept and settle for second best things that aren't your core fundamentals that aren't on your list, all you're doing is setting yourself up for heartache and failure further down the line, because yes, you might be able to overlook them whilst you're in that honeymoon period. Like, yeah, this is great. And we're having great sex and we're going on great dates and, you know, it's all great, but you know what, when six to 12 months down the line, the reality of the relationship sets in those things that you have decided to turn a blind eye to at the start are going to cause you a whole lot of bother further down the line. Absolutely. And those things, the the deal breakers and the red flags that you ignore in the beginning are exactly what breaks up your relationship a year in, two years in, like when, you know, you're out of the honeymoon phase. So that's why it's so important to really be patient and enjoy your own company and just be happy with yourself and where you're at so that you don't, you know, rush into things from a place of loneliness, lack, fear, or desperation. So I'm all about helping women to manifest their soulmate from a place of feeling whole and worthy and happy within yourself first. And when you call someone in from that place, it makes the biggest difference because you, and that's why, you know, I came up with the concept of intentional celibacy after my breakup. Um, after the breakup with the man that I told you I manifested, I could not even imagine looking at another man, like let alone being intimate with someone. And I knew I had to take time to heal and just be on my own. And I really wanted to do it properly. So I came up with this concept of consciously taking an X amount of months off. So I started with six, ended up doing it for eight months, not just abstaining from sex, but also not being, not going on on any dating apps, not going on dates, not even texting or speaking to any men who I may be sexually or romantically interested in. And my version of celibacy is like self-pleasuring is encouraged. So it's all about fulfilling your own needs and attending to yourself, dating yourself, being committed to yourself. Because when you're like attracts like so when you're in that place you will attract a completely different caliber of men and when you take that time to treat yourself you already set a standard for yourself so it's only natural that a man would step up from how you already treat yourself so I could never settle for less than what I'm already giving myself if that makes sense so And also when we take the time to be with ourselves and the purpose with intentional celibacy is to cut out those external validation factors. So like, it's so easy, like all you need to do, you can be at home in your trackies, you know, no makeup bun, go onto a dating app and you'll get like a hit of validation. Like you don't even have to leave the house to feel 
good about yourself temporarily in the moment. So it's just all about removing that and validating yourself internally and just being literally dating yourself and being what you would like for a man to be for you. So many women and men, but from my viewpoint, predominantly women, I'm a woman, obviously I spent a lot of time with other women, are quite happy to, in in my opinion, settle they're worried. I mean, for women who want children, I mean, I know that's not a, a factor for either of us, but for women who want children, they're very concerned about yeah. their body clock, the timing, the fact that their friends around them are getting married, settling down, having a baby, buying a house. And it's almost like they're putting these like constraints on themselves. And it's a societal constraint, but but they are doing yeah. it themselves. And it's almost about learning to step away from that, step out of that situation. And be okay on your own, because if you just settle for what I'm going to say is second best, settle because you don't want to be lonely for the fear of being on your own, you're not going to be Mm -hmm. truly happy because you're not you're not getting what you really need from that relationship. It's just kind of a a time filler. And whilst you're filling time, I say this to, to some of my friends, whilst you're filling your time with someone who and, you know, casual sex if that's what you're after great but when you start actually allowing that person fully into your life and and they're filling all of your time well then you don't know what's passing you by you could you could literally sing the guys that you're supposed to be with or, or the, the person you're supposed to be with because you've got this time filler there just just utilizing your energy yeah I love the quote don't let your boyfriend keep you away from your husband (laughs) (laughs) I did that for many years so (laughs) yeah (laughs) learned the hard way yeah but that's the thing like you're saying people really like loneliness really makes you lower your standards and that's why it's so important like with celibacy, people, some women are like, oh, I don't want to do it because I don't want to miss out. You're not missing out on anything. You can like, provide your own orgasms. You can provide your own pleasure. So what else? Yeah, but also like you can't meet someone like not doing like, so your external world. So your, your life is a reflection of your internal world, how you feel about yourself, the language you use, how you speak about things your behavior, your beliefs, all of that, how you feel. So if you're not changing anything internally, you're not going to see these changes externally. So when women think that they're missing out for six months, oh, what if like I could have met my dream partner or like my husband, but I'm doing celibacy. Like that's not going to happen because- If he's meant for you, he'll be for you. (laughs) Well, yes. And also like your vibrational frequency is so much different before celibacy versus after celibacy. Like you, you'll attract the same people because your thinking is the exact same, right? So by doing celibacy, you're really breaking lots of patterns. You're changing patterns. And if you would to meet someone during your celibacy, if they're the right person, they will wait patiently and they will allow you to have that time that you need to yourself because that is really important. Saying what's for you won't pass you by. Yeah, exactly. What's meant for you will never miss you and what misses you will never meant for you. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I, like that I can't one. remember who quote that was, but yeah, that, that didn't come from me. <laughs> but yeah, I can't remember <laughs> like, the well, name. I'm claim it anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I think for a lot of women when they break up from relationships is how a man deals with this compared to how a woman deals with this. And this was another mm. thing that you talked about on your show. Um, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it again today, but oh, that, yeah, absolutely. that episode kind of, when you talked about doing the the drive down and seeing your ex on the balcony, do you want to tell yeah. that story? Because that, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, I know that gut-wrenching feeling. And I know women and men globally know that gut-wrenching feeling. And yeah. It sucks so hard. But it's how do you switch your mindset to not fall into the same trap that, you know, your ex has fallen into? Yeah. So it's 
that was a very difficult moment. Like I remember that moment so clearly. I literally Can you tell the story for the listeners. Yeah. Okay. So this was so this breakup that I went through. So I thought I was gonna be with my ex forever. Like there was so much, so many compatibilities, like chemistry. I really felt for him like I've never felt for anybody else. But you walked away from the relationship, not him. I walked away, yes, because he betrayed my trust. And I just couldn't see how we would uh, be able to bounce back from that. So I decided to walk away to, you know, practice what I preach. (laughs) And I did walk away, but it wasn't, it, it was what I had to do. And I knew that that was my only option, but it wasn't easy. And it happened very suddenly. So this was super unexpected. Like the last night we spent together, we didn't know that we were going to break up. So the last night we spent together, you know, that was you living with him. Yeah, we were living yeah. together. And so it was, there was literally no like processing time or anything it was literally like cut cut completely done so I always wanted to live in a certain building for about six at that time it was like for six years and we were looking to move somewhere together and I was like we're gonna live in that building like I'm not gonna live anywhere else we're gonna live in that building we would look at other places and I was like no there's no point we're gonna live in that building okay like we're gonna live there and he was like, okay. And we would like look at photos and blah, blah, blah. And I had it on my background, on my phone and we manifested it. And it wasn't even on any website. My friend had a birthday party and her boyfriend's brother was there. And my boyfriend at the time was telling him that we were looking for a place and the building where we wanted to live. And he's like, oh, I know someone that has an apartment. Um, that they want to rent out so he set us up with the guy and then we ended up taking the place so it was very you know random for the listeners I mean it was a, a view over Bondi Beach like it was a building that would have limited space limited apartments to to rent like it was real luck of the draw so it wasn't just like some random building somewhere in the middle of the CBD or anything like this was a very yeah. specific location absolutely so I was super attached to that building and to that apartment because, you know, it had, it meant so much to me. I like wanted to live there for so many years and like we finally manifested it. It was like a co-creation between the two of us and the universe. Like it was just amazing. And then when we broke up, I had to move out because I couldn't pay the rent at the time. So I moved out and he promised me that he was going to move out as well and that we were going to leave it. And this is what made the situation even worse, right? So I'm driving down the hill and I look up and he's, this is two months after the breakup. He's standing there hugging a girl and they're like looking out at the view. And I was like, oh my fucking God, like this is the worst. Like, one of the worst feelings and I like one of the reasons why I wanted to live there is because I everything I do is like in that area so like naturally I'm still gonna like hang out there in that area and I remember just like parking like even pulling over to the curb when I had the chance and I just started to like ball my eyes out and it was so painful knowing that he still lived there And then that he was had another girl there. And then, you know, you start this negative thinking process and go down into this downward spiral of negativity thinking, wow, did our relationship not mean anything to him? And you make it mean something about you, the fact that he's standing there with another girl. And in that moment, I reminded myself that this has nothing to do with me. This has to do with him processing this in the completely opposite way. But they're not processing. They're just masking because they don't want to deal. They don't want to feel the emotions. That's how men seemingly experience seem to deal with things. Yeah. So they 
they they seem to be more avoidant mm. in their grief and kind of get really busy, busy working, busy busy with distractions, drugs, alcohol, partying, women, like rebounds, all the things which doesn't really help at all. It's just a distraction, but it's easy for us to look at that and think that means something about us or that that means like whatever we experienced wasn't real because how could you possibly go and be with someone this early on when we had like a relationship for a few years like how can you do this but then you have to remind yourself that people use different coping mechanisms and that is for them to survive to get through and it takes a lot to choose the healthy path you know because most people turn to drinking drugs you know all these distractions casual sex yeah casual sex like rebounds so common but it still hurts you further down the line you're just delaying the inevitable you have to process whatever happens in life you know yeah. general, not just with relationships if something has been at like detriment to your emotion then you have to process it you can't just mask those things forever yes temporarily drink drugs sex that's great they're all great they all mask those emotions but it's going to hit you at some stage and I think that men some women do it as well but men seemingly tend to do this a lot more and yeah it would be easy for it's actually very easy for a woman to go out and have casual sex but does it does it fill you internally does it fill you emotionally does it help you heal no and women are better Mm -mm as a general rule at dealing with their emotions, I think, particularly in a breakup. But then it's that age old thing of the woman is there just crying and feeling like shit. And then she like, she acknowledges, she processes, she deals, she rebuilds, she moves on. The man throws himself into the sex, the drugs, the drink, the party and the work, like go, 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 go. All of a sudden, like naturally burnout happens. And then he's like, fuck, like, what have I done? And it's- like boy bye too late like I have literally rebuilt and I'm good now and I don't have space to deal with that I dealt with the emotions I moved on and now you've decided you know three or six months down the line that you want to actually feel your pain I'm not here to help you remotely like don't come back yeah and that's it's almost like they have this radar of when like we feel like we're over them or like remote like getting there they (laughs) turn to like pop up and like remember me like yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah that's kind of yeah it's funny you remember that moment because I recorded those episodes for like so long ago I sometimes I don't even remember a lot that I said in them because they were so in the moment and I'm too scared to listen back to them (laughs) beautiful like one thing (laughs) I will say about your whole journey and how you've you've shared your relationship journey it's not with any sort of negativity it's not with any aggression like you you put your relationship and the breakdown of your relationship across very well and you speak from the heart you speak with your own personal experience and emotion and what you felt it's never about him it's always mm, about yeah how you got through it what helped you make that transition from heartbroken into your your most powerful strong self you know and that's that yeah. and good for the women who are tuning in because you are practicing what you preach you know so women yeah. listen I mean, I'm a married woman and I mean, yes, I listen to your show because I know you and we're friends, but I listen to your show because actually there's a lot of really good, valuable content. And even though you're, I guess you're marketing yourself as a coach for single women, actually you're just a coach yeah. for women because even when you're in a relationship, you know, fuck, come on, they're not all like on top of the world 24 seven. Like you have your problems, you have your issues, you know, you will butt heads with your partner. And when you're yeah. talking, you're teaching communication and structures and patterns and knowing what is, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's knowing, knowing what your limitations are and then your self-limiting beliefs of your limitations so yeah you are helping women who are in relationships as well whether you realize it or not you're helping them sort of gain that that confidence to be their their almost 
higher self. Yeah, thank you so much for your kind words. It means a lot. And, you know, recording those episodes, like I've never wanted to talk about my ex. I wanted to respect his privacy as well. You know, like I don't, just because we're broken up doesn't mean you need to like trash talk someone and and stuff like that. So I think, you know, that's really important to just, yeah, it's been important for me to share my experience without involving him in what I'm talking about, which is why I'm really careful with, you know, how much I disclose, because I still want to respect, you know, his privacy. But in terms of what you're saying, like, it's 100% true, like all my content is for everyone. I even have men reach out to me, and they're like, wow, like, this is all amazing. Like this has helped me so much. And, and I think, you know, in relationships, it's so important that you still date yourself. You still have your boundaries. You still, you stand firm in who you are, because if you lose yourself, you lose your relationship because then your partner, you're not going to be the person that your partner fell in love with in the first place. And when that happens, that will change the whole relationship yeah for sure. and I actually like lost myself in my relationship so when the breakup happened there was a part of me that was relieved because now I had to find back to myself like return to myself yeah because I compromised on one of my core values or I sacrificed one of my core values which isn't good because this is why it's so important to know your values, what your deal breakers are, what your non-negotiables are, because it's really important that you meet someone who aligns with that. Yeah. And that's when I started to lose myself. And when I started to lose myself, that was the beginning of the end of the relationship. I mean, when I first entered into a relationship with my now husband, very sort of similar to you, made sacrifices Actually, without him asking, so my husband is, he's a businessman. He's very sensible. He dresses very smart. He's a very quiet man. He is, we are like chalk and cheese. I've said it on some of my shows. I've said it on like guest spots that I've appeared on. If I've ever talked about my marriage, like you will never find two more different people. So then I started buying different clothes, wearing my hair different, trying to act different. And Actually, none of that was his doing, but I felt like I had to, if that makes sense, to his world. So I kept making these changes. And actually, all I started doing was resenting him because I was changing. So I was resenting him for me being different. And we we ended Mm. up, um, we had a huge bounty. We split up for about six weeks or something. And he's like, I don't give a fuck what you're like. Like, do what you want. But it's that at the start of it for for me that kind of losing myself like you said it had such a negative impact on my relationship because I wasn't being true to myself so I wasn't happy internally because I wasn't being true to myself and by like losing myself in the process in my relationship it just it made me feel really depressed to be honest yeah so I went into the relationship with the most money I ever had and I left the relationship in debt so it was a great lesson to learn and I just finished so I'm studying counseling at the moment and I just finished grief counseling and what was really interesting with grief counseling is we think we grieve a person and the end of a relationship but what we don't realize is that we grieve something that's called secondary losses as well, which is like the ripple effect of the main loss. So the reason why it's taken me so long to process this whole breakup is because I lost my visa in Australia because I was doing partnership with him. I lost the apartment that I literally lost everything I felt like. Um, there were so many things like lost myself as well, my sense of security, stability, home, everything. Yeah, home, everything. And it actually takes longer to grieve those things than the person usually. Yeah, because it's a whole lifestyle shift. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Like you create this kind of like cocoon around you of of your life. And it is, it's everything. It's your home. It's your safe space. It's, you know, it's where you feel the most happy, the most comfortable. And all of a sudden, like you said, boom, overnight, 
that just blew up. Well, what, where did that leave yeah. you? And you were suddenly like, shit, I literally have to start from scratch. And even harder because you, you're from Sweden, your family out there. It's not like you can just pop around to your mum's for a cup of tea and be like, hey, can I yeah. stay for a week? Like it's, it's tough, you know, it really is tough. And you did talk about that on your show, that transition yeah. period. It's really difficult. Yeah. So to start wrapping things up a bit now, can you give the listeners some tips on how to start increasing their self-worth? So the first thing that it is important to do is to understand what self-worth is. So self-worth is a measure of how you value yourself and your sense of worth as a person. So it cannot be taken away uh, by another person. It cannot be found outside of yourself. And others have the ability to affect your sense of self-worth, but no one else can determine your self-worth, right? So it's something that's cultivated from within and you can't find it outside of yourself, no matter how much you look for it. So having a high sense of self-worth means that you feel worthy and deserving of the best things in life or you know, the good things, you know, wealth, health, success, love, um, regardless of the difficulties you face or any, you know, struggles that you experience. It's also accepting yourself for who you are, despite your flaws and your weaknesses. And, you know, despite of your past mistakes. And then it's really recognizing the real value of who you are right here, right now in the present moment, despite your achievements, your material possessions, your education, your occupation, it's simply like who you are as a person. And when you have a high sense of self-worth, you don't let external sources define you. Like you don't let other people's opinions define you. So nothing outside of yourself can influence your sense of self-worth unless you let it. So it's really good to know that it's something that's simply just cultivated from within. No one can determine this for you. No one. And for women or men, actually, I don't know, is your course just for women? Yeah, so all my work is to women. Eventually, I'd like to expand to men, but men are more than welcome to like listen to my podcast. So for women looking to embark on a journey of self-discovery with you, learning their self-worth, what does your course offer? How long is the course and kind of what what sort of content is in the course for any, any listeners who might be interested? Yeah, so my most recent and signature program is called Inner Bloom, which is a six, six month celibacy, intentional celibacy journey. And the reason why I put it all together with the intentional celibacy is because I want women to not be distracted and to turn inwards and put all the energy and time focusing on themselves. And during the six months, I go through everything like the way I'm running. So I'm currently running this course now. So it's weekly content. And then every month there's a live call. So I will run this program again next year, but I don't know if I'm going to run it the same way, but um, the content will be the same. So it's all about, it's the, it's um, divided into three stages. So weeding, which is like releasing the past, sprouting, which is uh, being present and like understanding who you are and what you stand for and then blooming is like blossoming into like your ideal dream self and like aligning with the future so it's all like inner child work forgiveness turning in like validating yourself values boundaries how to date yourself your love language uh, femininity, confidence, owning who you are. It's literally like everything you could possibly think of. And like, I'm giving you everything. So you, and I want it to be, you know, the videos are short. I want it to be 
really effective. And that is in the exercises that I give and the journaling. That's where the magic happens, not by sitting and listening to hours of video content. So it's just structured in a way that's very effective and for long lasting changes, not just a quick fix. It teaches you how to do health work. Yeah, I give you everything. I give you every exercise, every practice, every piece of information that you need to know so that you can start building these core foundations and, you know, knowing who you are, having your boundaries, loving yourself, increasing your sense of self-worth, accepting yourself, uh, allowing yourself to receive and be in your feminine energy, how to increase your confidence is literally like everything. Yeah. So super powerful. So for the listeners, can you tell us where we can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at thelovetheory.co. That is .co. Same with my website, thelovetheory.co. And my podcast is called The Love Theory Podcast. And you can find it on any of the podcast streaming platforms. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Lena. It's been great catching up for me as well as just for the listeners and, and the content that you've brought. But I've had a really, really good chat. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, so much. It's been great chatting to you. As always, guys, thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed today's show and you aren't already, then make sure you click follow on whatever platform you're listening on to subscribe and be first in line for the drop of next week's show. If you're an Apple listener as well, I'd be super grateful if you could leave a quick review. Reviews help the algorithm, helps reach more people more people that listen the more shows I put out so it's all good and I'm really grateful to all of you as well that do share the shows and the posts from my Instagram on your socials I've got heaps of great shows lined up for you guys for season two so make sure you tune in next week and I hope you all have an absolutely awesome week